Still Dawson Reese. Guess who's back? Welcome back to another edition of the DOS Dissection. This is the grand final special. It'll be our last episode for the year. So thank you all for joining us for that. This week, Reese unfortunately can't join us. He's off uh, working for as a spy uh, for the government. So he's actually a bit too busy uh, to join us. But I have Chanta joining me as a special guest for this pod. So welcome along, Chanta. Thank you, Kaylin. Yeah, good to be back. Um... Biggest week of the year, so it's a shame that, that Reese couldn't get himself up for it. Uh, clearly, he's got more important things to be doing in the spy world. Um, he'd also planned a big weekend for us, um, the X-Bin tanks down here in Melbourne, and it's just completely gone to ground. So um, I think he's got a lot to answer for when we can finally get onto him. Yeah, well, I think he's possibly just getting a bit a bit nervous. Maybe he made those commitments to watch the Carlton Collingwood game, right, as part of that a few weeks ago. Maybe yes. he thought that Blues were already locked into finals, but now it's a must-win clash for them. And I think they're definitely not favourites to win it. So he might be just sweating a little bit. Just wants to watch it from his own home. Uh, bit of comfort. And he always won't get heckled by you and Butcher, possibly. He's got a lot to lose this weekend, Reese. So I can understand him, him being nervous. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to the game. We have a, a bit to lose. We lose a top four spot if we lose. But I mean, not as much as the Blues. So I'm looking forward to going into that one heckling Reese as much as possible. All right, so we're up to the pointy end of the season. And uh, in the final, we have Shagger up against Rod. I think Shagger is expected after he finished as the minor premier. But Rod has done pretty well to make it through from fifth um, all the way to the final. So he's just won in the last three weeks. So Rod's done very well. I'm looking quite decent. And I guess we'll get to that matchup a little bit later. But, um, but we start by having a look back through the ladder, how everyone finished, and just go through from bottom to top and talk about everyone's season just a little bit and say if they did better or worse than expected and what went right and what went wrong. So to start down at the bottom is you, Chris, and that is the DOS Destroyer. Um, so you went in with the sole objective of just destroying DOS this season. So in some ways, you could say that your objective was achieved. Um, but were you happy with your season? What went right and what went wrong? So what went right was that I destroyed DOS and that was absolutely the most important thing. Um, so, so mentally, um, so, at, you know, within the super coach sort of forum, um, so obviously his team was, was rubbish, but I think it also, you know, forced him to, to look in a, um, and sort of restore himself to, to his sort of greater glories. Um, so I, I take obviously, um, uh, a big part in the fact that Doss has moved from Bangkok back to Jakarta just to sort of rediscover himself. Yeah. Um, because he was clearly lost, lost there. So um, I think he's on the right track. He's obviously moved back to, to Jakarta. He's, he's loving life there in uh, Western promise in, in Kamang. So um, I think, I think he's in a good spot. My team, um, obviously uh, I had a few tight losses earlier in the year and then I just gave up. Um, so I need to obviously be a bit, bit stronger. I'm on a watch for next year. Um, but I will take it a little bit more seriously next year, I promise. Yes, with um, just on DOS, I've seen him since he's been back to Jakarta. He does seem happier. He's moved over with his uh, his wife, his Thai wife, um, and he seems happy with her. She seems happy here. So I think he's in a better place. I think he's in a better position for next year to really have a crack at it now that he's more, more settled, um, like you said. But yeah, yourself as well. I think uh, you just 
gave up a little bit too easy. A team in the end with many trades in hand was actually not too bad. So I think you could have made a finals charge if you had a stuck at it instead of spitting the dummy. But um, bit of a bit of a lesson for both of you, perhaps. And yeah, Doss was the next one up on the ladder. Obviously, a lot went wrong for him as well. Um, and he ended up losing, not making finals by a fair bit in the end, but you just cemented that with your win over him, um, smashing him in that round and destroying him, destroying his confidence and, and everything he believes in. But it was good to see, really. And I think some of Doss's trades throughout the year were not the not the best. Um, I mean, Prestia was probably one of his best ones in hindsight. He's been actually doing pretty well the last five to six rounds. But I think uh, a few others like Jerk Thatcher really let him down. Really, that's what went wrong with him. And then next up on the ladder was Bailey. And I think we saw the, saw him imploding from a long way away. He started the season on fire. I think he was in second or third spot for you know five rounds in. But then he just had no... Um, cash generation. So I think one thing we need to do for Bailey next year, especially is a bit of a, a rookie podcast in preseason and can tell him some good rookies because he's just getting all these blokes in who don't go play a game that really hurts him later on. Yeah. I mean, as we saw with, with Bailey, so he tends to, he obviously plays local footy here in Melbourne and he um, on the grapevine, um, he sees local players and decides to put them in based on their, you know, EDFL or Eastern footy league, Northern footy league form. Um, which is is problematic. I think the big risk for, for Bailey is that allegedly he's moving overseas next year and attention span's always been an issue for Bailey in, in every competition, basically, apart from the first one that he was in, um, where he uh, didn't actually, I suppose, have enough attention to, to pay uh, the prize pool, but um, he did you know, stick it out for the course of the year. So I am a bit worried about Bailey next year. Um, might even, like you say, need to dedicate the pod to him pre-season or maybe the whole season, depending on, on how he's going. It's not a bad call. We are thinking of names for next season. We'll have to move on from DOS. So, yeah, we could move on to to Bailey, the Bailey, I don't know, Bonanza or something. But uh, depends if he's still around, I suppose. Yeah, because I could see him actually just saying, putting his hand up and saying, boys, I'm out. Um, because, yeah, he's not the mo most committed at the best of times. And if he's moving overseas, then, you know, we could lose him. I'm afraid of that. We'll have to fill his, fill his spot somehow. We'll have to get Kristen back in. Next on the ladder is myself, and this was uh, not a good position I like to find myself in after winning the last two years in a row, but I finished, dwindled this year down to seventh spot, and it was really a disappointment for myself. Just couldn't get going all year, it felt like. Yeah, I'm not going to blame any misfortune or injuries or anything. I just really, just a few decisions didn't go my way, and yeah, I think one of the big things, I think this year, one of the big things that helped you is getting your rucks right at the start, and I really didn't get that right. I was initially going with Darcy and then he was injured the first week and then I went down to Marshall, but that wasn't great. And then Grundy was injured as well. I think if you started with Gorn and with Wits, that held you in pretty good stead because they basically smashed the rest of the rucks um, and a few other things as well. But yeah, just definitely wasn't my year this year. How do you think I went, Chanter? What do I need to improve? Um, yeah, I mean, based on past form, you've certainly underachieved. Um, I think it's just a reflection that competition is getting a lot tighter. I mean, um, in years gone by, had easy beats, to be fair, in, in guys like Butcher and Shagger and Joel. Um, we've all really come through this year. So, um, yeah, need to, to look at regenerating your your thought process, I guess, with Supercoach and um, understanding, you know, you're in a more competitive league this day, these days. So I think you'll bounce back next year. Yeah. That is fair advice. And above me on the ladder, also the boy who knocked me out of finals was uh, Butcher. So well done to you, Butcher. Had, had a good year by your standards, I'd say. So Butcher shouldn't be unhappy with the way he went. Um, and I think he was, he, was, he was great this year. His performance was good. Uh, 
His smack talking was also good, which we love to see. He proclaimed himself the giant killer and he did knock off a few giants, including myself in the finals. So I think he had a, a good year overall and he, he should be happy. Yeah, I think, um, and look, uh, he just missed out by 19 points, I think it was, um, in the semi-final to, to his arch nemesis, Joel. Maybe a bit of a passing of the baton there as to who the greatest forward for the Bintangs is. Um, but yeah, I think I think Butcher did really well. Big watch on him next year. Um, I will say, actually, technically, um, Butcher finished above Reese. Um, so just in terms of uh, how much they lost their semis by. So I might just jump into Reese and the fact that um, he's gone out in straight sets and ultimately finished sixth in the competition um, despite making the top four. And I think that's the issue with Reese. Like he's um, he's a bit of a stayer, but when whips are cracking, he's always sort of fallen away. Um, and, you know, decision-making time, such as, you know, this weekend planning a big weekend and then bailing on the boys last minute and going to ground. Um, so symptomatic of Reese is something he needs to, to look at in the future. Um, you know, he's moved over away from home now it's it's going to be a, a you know big time for him being on the east coast in, a, in the big smoke um and hopefully he can use some of his life experiences to to translate over to super coach be a better super coach coach next year absolutely so just brushing past rod rod finished in fifth but he's made it the grand final so he's obviously had a great season and is continuing to do so he's a shot to win it this week but yeah just touching on reese he has moved to the east coast to canberra big city Big city life. So I'm also worried about him next year. He's already too busy this week to join the pod. So is he going to be able to focus his attention into Supercoach next year? That's what I don't know. He was on the farm at, at Jero and he's got a lot more spare time. But uh, now that he's in the big smoke, we'll have to see what happens for next year. Um, he might actually risk losing his job if he's spending too much time on Supercoach, as much time as he was this year, um, especially with heckling everyone as well. So we'll have to see on that. And the third spot was Joel. So I think Joel was one of the big performers this season. I think he finished something like ninth last season up to third this season, um, almost made it through the final. So I think Joel's had a great year. Yeah, um, come a long way. Uh, incremental improvement, similar to, you know, the Brisbane Lions under Chris Fagan. Um, so he's clearly got some great leadership and perhaps, you know, from Butcher, um, egging him along over time. But yeah, he's had that incremental improvement from, I think, last to third last but good percentage and now he shot up into the top four uh big watch for next year i think joel yeah and then second spot was charlie i think you predicted him to go out in straight sets he didn't quite do that but he didn't make the big dance um so what, what do you think of him choking charlie didn't let him down <laughs> um so he, he he obviously um he made it through. I mean, he only won his, his uh, qualifying final by 15 points. Um, so he tried his best to lose and then, um, you know, comfortably lost in, in the prelim. Um, yeah, another wasted year for, for Charlie. He's a bit like the Geelong Football Club. Um, would have to have close to the greatest home and away record winning percentage um, in this comp's history, but just can't get it done. <laughs> I'll be cool. So we'll see. We'll see, well, we'll see how Geelong goes this year. Um, if that does happen, they could falter again in finals as well. Uh, who knows? I also like that you said Brisbane have incremental improvement. Um, are they getting better or are they getting worse? Are they going to win it this year, Sean? So they could actually miss out in the top four if they lose tonight. Uh, they'll win tonight. And um, uh, I think they'll win a final. So that's an increment incremental improvement because we lose all our finals usually. Okay, that's fair enough. And then Shagger at the top had a great season. He's through to the grand final. So I think you can definitely say that he... 
has had a great season. And last season, I think he was okay as well. His team seemed all right. He might have just been a bit, a little bit unlucky last season, or I'm not sure. I think he still finished around fifth or something like that last season. But yeah, he's had a, a great season. He's proven himself as a super coach powerhouse. So well done, Shagger. All right, next thing we want to have a look at here. I just want to briefly, well, we'll go through this list. It's a bit of a long list. I've got 15 or so players here that I've marked as a watch list for 2023. And Chanti, you might want to add a few as well. We'll just talk on them for no more than a minute each. But these are all players who are either young and potentially still on the up and still can improve for next year, you know, add 10 to 15 points to their average, or have had a role change midway through the year. And um, because of that, have started playing a lot better. So just let me know what you think of these guys and if they are someone you consider in your team for next year. First one I got here is Tom Green. Tom Green came out of the blocks this year. Um, he's a contested beast, still young, but then he had a little bit of a, of a dry patch in the middle. Um, now towards the end of the season, he's, he's doing a bit better again. What do you think of Tom Green? Can he improve again next year? Yeah, I, I think he can be more consistent. So that'll be over the course of the season, his improvement. Um, and I think Taranto is definitely gone, uh, potentially to Richmond. And I think they're trying to offload Hopper. So there's um, not a lot of competition for that type of role now. I think for Tom Green, he just needs another preseason and get fitter. He's a um, pretty heavy set bloke. So I think he'll be good. Yeah, true. That competition for the midfield spot was always aware at GWS. So if a couple of those go, I think he could be a good pick. Next one I got here is Chad Warner. Chad's had a great year. Some people are, you know, you're marking him for a brown low in the coming years already. That's how highly touted he is. What do you think of Chad Warner? Uh, so I like him, um, but I'm just a little bit worried about consistency when the tag comes because he, he's a taggable midfielder, um, more so than mm. perhaps a, a Tom Green or or others in your list here. So I, I'd i probably watch. I, I wouldn't be recruit. I wouldn't start with him um, next year. I'd sort of wait and see how his performance is and then potentially get him in. Yeah. yeah, I reckon that's fair. It's very exciting football to watch, but yeah, I think we need to see a bit more. And probably the same for the bloke under him. I've got him, his teammate, Robottom. I mean, he's been in and out of the team, so he's even held down spots. Just, just the marked him because the last three to four weeks he's come in, I think he's averaging 110 over the last three to four weeks. So he's shown glimpses, but probably the same. You probably can't start him. It, yeah, he is a ball magnet. Um, I think with that one, it's, it's whether Supercoach decide to give him dual position status. If he does, then I'd go for him for sure because um, he'll definitely average over 90. Um uh, but, you know, what can he get 105, 110? I'm not sure. Yeah, true. Next bloke here I'm pretty excited about, I'd say. Um, I'm thinking about starting him next year. Um, this year was pretty impressive already. Had him in one of my draft teams. It's LDU from North Melbourne. What do you think about LDU? Another contested yeah, beast. Yeah, ch chips in on, yeah, on LDU. He's back half of the season. It's probably been as good as any. I'm pretty late. What would he be averaging? Like 120, 130? Um, back half, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably um, yeah, it, like yeah. he he he's going to get um, uh, yeah, plenty of the ball next year in that north midfield. Has a good mixture of being able to get junk footy and tough footy. Um, so he's basically cracked cracked the code. I mean, the guys out like last week, didn't he get like close to forty touches and more than ten clearances and yeah, probably twenty five contested possessions. The guys ball, um, yeah, I'd I'd probably look at starting him. And harder to tag, I'd say, because he can get his own ball as well. Um, and he's going to be under Clarko next year. That's been announced. North Melbourne are going to get Clarko. So that's a big boost for them as well. So shouldn't be so worried about the ruse in general. Mm, so he was supposed to be going to the Gabba, Clarko. I'm not sure what happened. Oh, I yeah? spooked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I'd go next... to the other end of the ladder. Yeah. Well, can't blame him really. Ruser on the up. <laughs> no, find <laughs> it on the down. Uh, and next up, we've got a couple of boys from Fremantle who are also on the up, and that's Sarong and Young. So Sarong was one I was looking at this year. He didn't really get at the heights that I was expecting him for this year, but can he do it next year? What do you think? Uh, I, I don't think so. I've got him in um, another league, um, which is a little bit more, it's ultimate footy, but the scoring system is probably more like AFL fantasy based. Um, he just doesn't get enough of it. And I can't really see him getting 30 touches a game. I don't think he's that type of player. Um, mm. he, he could have a year or so in the future where he does, but I think for the moment it's more um, high impact with early 20s possession. So it's probably not enough. Um, so yeah, probably not him, but Hayden Young, um, absolutely yeah, like him. Intercept player, um, really good overhead. Um, so he and Luke Ryan sort of chopping in and out um, with that back line. I think I'd look at starting Hayden Young next year for sure. Yeah. Yeah, just done so wrong. He had a good patch in the middle of the year where he sort of got about six or seven hundreds almost in a row. But then this back half of the season's just been sort of average again, you know, in the 80s. So you really want to sit player to finish on form after the bye. And I don't think he's shown enough to justify it. But yeah, Young, definitely. I'm looking at starting him. Like you said, chopping out with Ryan. There was a bit of a worry with Heath Chapman there playing a similar role. But I think that Hayden Young's getting a bit more of the ball. Um, and he looks like a pretty good option to start, I reckon. Um, and then next we've got here, one of your boys, uh, McCluggage. McCluggage is someone who I was expecting to take off. He does have these games where he goes really well and he even looks pretty good, but then he score and he finishes on 100. And I think, well, it should be on 120, 130. What do you think of McCluggage? I think he'll continue to tease. Um, even if he does start kicking goals rather than points, um, he's not a contested player. Um, so while they still have Jared Lyons or um, Beast Mode, Reese Matheson in there, um, it, it, he's not going to get a lot of contested possession. So it'll be less relevant, I think, for, for Super Coach. I'd stay away. I can't ever see him averaging more than 100, 105. Mm. Does he actually get a lot of midfield minutes or is he sort of only getting 20, 30% CBAs? Um, so this year he's playing more midfield time. Um, but Fagan could easily just switch him back out to the wings again if they want to change up the midfield mix. Um, yeah. I might just chuck in while we're on Brisbane players then, um, one that's not in your list. So uh, Will Ashcroft just at a rookie level. Um, so um, he'll probably go number one pick and he's the son of Marcus Ashcroft. So um, he's father-son for the Lions. Uh, all the talk is he's exactly the same as Nick Dacos, that he'll slide straight in and... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he slides straight into the Lions midfield because the Lions midfield is actually pretty shit um, despite the names that are in there, sort of underachieving and Zorko and Lions are getting older. So I'd um, absolutely get him in at whatever, at $200,000 or so he is at a rookie. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he averages close to 100. Nice. Well, there you go. Mark that one down. We always like a player who can just be a set and forget if he's 200K, if he's going to average uh, even if anything over 80s already justifying the price but if you can average 90 plus then that's absolutely what we love next one we have here is freya's favorite and that is the red dog he was setting it on fire in the back half of the season but i think he's come out and had two pretty shit rounds actually in the 60s the last two games what do you think of mason redmond yeah, I guess it depends on what position, like what role he'll play in, in the back line. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, they still do have Rutten as coach, but if he gets shafted, they might sort of change up the mix a little bit more. I, I'm not that keen on him, no. Yeah, he's a bit more of a speculative pick. I mean, 
it's, it's tough because if he had have come out and not had these 60s, if he had had two more games in the hundreds, I would almost be saying, oh, yeah, he's definitely worth looking at. But now it just seems a bit more risky. Yeah, and like you said, I guess Essendon, not really sure what's going to happen with them, even if Rupp's going to stay. So I guess there's a lot up in the air with Essendon. It's almost like North this year, you didn't really want to touch them. Sort of might be the same case with Essendon next year. You might want to wait and see what happens first. Um, another bloke in the back line, and this one I've just I've just made a note that this is pending if Hearn retires, which I'm not sure if he's going to. He might play another year. I've got Witherden down here. So Witherden's been in and, out, in and out of the team. He doesn't seem to even be able to hold down a spot. I've just got him because if Hearn leaves, he could be taking a lot of kickouts. And he, when he does play, he tends to score well. What do you think of Witherden? Oh, so I hate him as a player. He's absolutely <laughs> rubbish. Um, former Lions player, um, of course. But yeah, he's um, and that's the biggest issue is is job security. So yeah, you're right. If if he does play, he'll take kickouts. Um, he'll score 100. Um, but his impact on the game uh, outside of Supercoach will be uh, actually probably and yeah negative um when he's out there so i the fact that he's not in a team that's won two games best 22 is is a bit of a warning sign um mm. on principle i wouldn't wouldn't take him yeah true it does seem so strange it's abnormality to say someone who can score so well he's almost averaging 100 or maybe more but yeah you can't even get a game so it is a bit strange um but yeah maybe like you said he just doesn't do doesn't bring a lot to the team. He's an effective kick, whatever, but he doesn't actually do much more than that. One percent is in everything, I guess. Doesn't do what the coach wants. Um, next two here are the two Gold Coast boys, um, Noah Anderson and Rao. I think Rao disappointed a lot of people this year, but Anderson's been the surprise package. I think Anderson's done a lot, lot better than Rao this year, and he looks like he could be a Jet next year. What do you think of those two, and who would you prioritize? So, so I think still lining them up at the start of preseason, I think they're close to equal. Um, if Rao can manage to build a tank and get more easy ball, that's all that's missing for him in terms of getting big scores. It's just that he's getting sort of worn down in the midfield, um, getting 15 touches in their 15 contested possessions, just getting no easy ball outside of that. If he can um, yeah, build that tank or uh, game sense or whatever else to get 25 touches, um, he, you know, he'll score just as well as Noah Anderson does. So I'd probably just see how they go in the preseason games and the pracky matches. Um, if, if Raul uh, scores well in those, there's no reason why he can't take that into regular season form. So yeah, probably a watch for early next year, but um, I like both of them. Yeah. And Raul still isn't filling me with, with confidence in this back half of the season, you know, start of the season, they, he was being used as a, as a tagger and everything. And, being trained to be more defensive and everything. So you thought, okay, let's see how he goes. Maybe later in the year, he'll start picking a bit, bit more footy. But I mean, yeah, this last seven or so games, he's gone 87, 58, 79, 101, 62, 61. So still not feeling you with confidence going into next year, as opposed to Anderson, who's just been pretty on fire for the back half of the season. Um, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I guess, like you said, we can look at the preseason matches, but they're not always the best indicator either and can suck people in. So just be a bit cautious with Raul, especially, I'd say. Um, we'll see. Next one I got here is Dacos, and that's Nick I'm referring to. I mean, usually the players in their second year get the second year blues, but I think he's someone we almost have to start. I mean, he should have a better year, and he's already been great this year. Are you going to start him? Yeah, I could see him um, doing what Sam Walsh did in his second year. I mean, his first year has been already amazing. Uh, sorry, we're talking Nick Dacos or Josh Dacos? Yeah, Nick, Nick Dacos. Nick. Nick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd be starting him. I think McRae um, would want to be basing his midfield around him and, like, more than happy for Pendles. Um, even Taylor Adams coming back to sort of um, work around Nick Dacos. 
um, yeah, I'd, I'd expect him to be averaging 110 next year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he's used and he's done so on that half-back role. But yeah, I think they've even started to get him a few CBAs in the last four to five games. So whether he is playing more midfield role next year, we'll have to wait and see. But I think he'll do well regardless. And then the next one I got here, I've got two Port boys, um, Butters and Rosie. So Butters is one who's always flirted with people and Rosie has got that midfield role now. Out of those two, would you consider starting either? And which one would you be more leaning towards? Uh, so so neither, um, but Rosie over Butters. Um, and that would just be contingent on them having forward dual position status. Um, Rosie obviously has had that amazing patch. So yeah, again, back half of the year, but um yeah, can you trust him over the course of the year and then also in finals? I'm, I'm not sure. So, yeah, I'd, I want to see him start the year really well next year. And Butters um, has almost slipped into like a second tier forward um, unless his price is is good, uh, which hard to know. He'd have to be in the 300s, which I don't think he would be, probably be starting at fours. Um, and so he's probably too big of a risk, I think. Yeah, I think he might have been close to five because his average actually isn't that bad. Um, in the end, I think it's in 95 or something. And yeah, right. yeah back after the season, he's got four tons in a row. So he does, he can play well. It's just, if he got that full-time midfield role, then I'd go Butters 100%, but he's just getting that 30 to 40% midfield time. It's just not enough, really. He has great games, but he just is a risk to drop a 50 or a 60. So yeah, definitely risky on those two. Next one I got here is Sam Berry from Adelaide. He's been getting that midfield role. He loves the tackle. He's been getting like 15 tackles a game. What do you think about him if he is a forward, of course, not a midfielder? Uh, yeah, I, I like him. Um, I think sometimes the junk teams, and Ben Keys has shown this, I also hate Ben, ben Keys, um, that if you're playing in a, in a bad team, you can kind of just uh, do your own thing to a certain degree. If you're a great tackler like Berry, um, go in and hunt contests and, and tackle. If you're a hacker like Ben Keys, just get the ball and hack it forward. Um, and the coach is happy enough because that keeps the team competitive. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Barry. I think he's done a good job. Uh, Adelaide, I think he'll still be shit next year. I think, um, yeah, as a forward, he'd be uh, definitely worth looking at. Yeah. This next bloke here, I'll just put him in here because he's getting a lot of midfield minutes. He seems like the best, I mean, the most guaranteed of a midfield spot at the Hawks. Um, he's still very young and hasn't had many games, but probably not someone I'd look at for next year, a bit of a risk, and that's Newcomb. So he also loves a tackle. What do you think of him? He's averaged 87 assists and not great, but can he take it to another level and average 105, 110 next year? Yeah, he'd have to... Uh, he needs to get a lot of possessions, a bit, again, like a Ben Keys to offset the fact that he hacks the footy a bit. So he, he'd need to, and I don't think he's got the capacity to average in the early 30s in possessions. Um, uh, if he's going to average early 20s and then his disposal efficiency, like he's, he's getting um, zero points for um, ineffective kicks or negative or whatever it is. Yeah, I, th I think he'd probably continue to score around that number. So um, I'd probably stay away. Can I just add Fair with enough. Hawthorne, um, we might have another one there as well. Tom Mitchell, if he gets traded um, to a team that actually wants him, is probably worth looking at, certainly through preseason. Yeah. Um, because obviously Mitchell's just, uh, Sam Mitchell's been playing around with him for the last few weeks or most of the season, really. If a team um, like an Adelaide or, you know, one of those lower teams want to get him in and let him play the role that he usually plays, um, I think he's worth looking at. Interesting one because, yeah, he said this year he's happy to do whatever the coach wants, but realistically he's probably, I don't know if the Hawks are going to have a premiership tilt any time in the next five years, and that might be before when, that might be when Tom Mitchell is about retiring, so maybe he would consider a trade. So I'll have to watch that one, but yeah, it's not a bad point. 
Next one, another one of your boys, Kitty Coleman. Uh, what do you think of him? Yeah, love him. Um, uh, I, I think, I mean, Daniel Rich is probably still going to play the same role next year, but even with both of them in the side, uh, Coleman's had some pretty good games. Um, yeah, I, I'd, uh, I'd probably take, so if you're looking at him and Hayden Young, I'd probably take Hayden Young because he can intercept Mark. Um, and he's probably, you know, spoils and does stuff like that. Whereas um, Kitty Coleman's all about kicks. So uh, yeah, if they're similar, well, there wouldn't be similar prices, but if they're close enough, I'd take Hayden Young, but I think Kitty Coleman's still great. And I actually think he might be a bit of a unique. I can't imagine that many people would take him next year. Yeah, it's a good comparison. One I was going to make as well with Ryan and Young, but yeah, I think if I match them up, if they're within 50K of each other, or maybe, yeah, even a bit more, I'd probably still take Young, but yeah, I can see him having a good year next year. Anyway, good draft option. Uh, the last one I got on the list here is Dylan Moore from the Hawks as well. So he's been getting more midfield moment uh, minutes. Uh, just depends whether he keeps that next year or not, because a lot of people seem to be getting experimented through there. So do you think he can keep up his form into next year? Um, I, to be honest, don't know a lot. I, I know about him as a forward, but not really what he's been doing because um, I haven't looked at Supercoach much in the last month or so. Um, I have good raps on him, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not so sure about him. He's finished the season since after the bye. He's gone 112, 90, 135, 113, 124 at a 69, and then 101, 81. So not bad form there. Pretty decent. Um, he just got chucked in that midfield. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see, I guess, what his role is in the preseason, maybe before making a decision on that one. Yeah. Do you have any more you wanted to chuck in there? Any other names? No, that's, that's good. Cool. All right, so now let's move on to the tips for this week. So let's just look at the Supercoach Classic tips, which is just one, the final, but also have a look, a little bit of a look at draft, which I'll fill you in, in since you are not in our league. But the big one this week for Classic, obviously, is Shagger up against Rod in the final. What is your tip for this one? How do you think it's going to go, Chanta? Um, so it's, it's sort of the newcomer up against just the old dog. Um, you know, like he just knows how to win Rod. He's done it. Well, I'm not sure how many grand finals he's won, but he's won a lot of finals. I'll give him that. Um, whereas, you know, Shagger's coming in hot. It's, it's almost like um, the 2012 grand finals, Sydney and Hawthorne, I'm going to say, where Sydney sort of came out of nowhere that season. Um, a lot of young talent, Luke Parker, Josh Kennedy, those sort of guys, um, and just completely stunned Hawthorne. Um, who just probably assumed that they were going to win. Now, Hawthorne did go on to win the next three grand finals after that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm thinking this year I actually like Shagger. He's posting big scores. Uh, he's got a carefree attitude. I think he can roll over, Rod. Yeah. Um, it's projected pretty similar. There's only 10 points separating their projected scores. And actually, if you look at their players, they only have seven unique players. So the unique players for Shagger are Ryan, Sean Darcy, Zach Merritt, Cripps, Walsh, Crisp, and Heaney. So those last two aren't ideal to have as uniques, I'd say. Crisp and Heaney, you never know what Heaney will do. And then for Rod, his uniques are Petrarca, Gorn, Brayshaw, Short, Dawson, English, and Mills. So um, Short okay. maybe is a bit questionable, but yeah, exactly. I think the uniques <laughs> definitely sound better on Rod's <laughs> side, I'd say. Um, you know, Ryan also is one who could drop a 50. So he's got Ryan, Crisp, and Heaney who are a bit questionable. Darcy, Merritt, Cripps, Walsh may be okay, but then on Rod's side, yeah, Petrak, Gorn, Brayshaw, all should be solid. 
Dawson should be really solid as well. English, Mills, and then Short's the only one that's a worry there. So I'd probably, based on that, tip Rod uh, based on his uniques. Yeah, I think Shag is going to need his uniques to play their best game to win, um, whereas opposed to Rod, if they just get their average, then he should get the job done, I reckon. So I reckon Rod's the favourite based on that. Yeah. I so. was basing it all off emotion because um, <laughs> obviously logic wasn't a big part of my super coach season this year, but um, yeah, look, logically, I can't see how Rod gets beaten with those uniques. There's a lot of points yeah. there. Yeah. It could get, come down to tags. I think Brayshaw is playing against the team who might tag. I forget who it is, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Pete Petraka's got a tough game against the Lions, so you never know, but we'll have to see. <laughs> you won't get tagged goes. though. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> no one true. can go with him. Yeah. No, Reese Matheson might do a job on him. The beast, the beast up against Petra. He would, he would have to break his knee, both kneecaps, to get anywhere near him. <laughs> it's, it's very yeah. slow. Yeah, very, very true. All right, so that's for classic. Um, good luck to both of you, gents. Um, but then for draft, so to draft this season, Chanta, it's me up against Reese. It's actually a grand final rematch of last season. And considering you don't know the teams at all, let me quickly just very quickly run through the teams. And you I think you're going to win, Kalen. All right. Well, again, just based on emotion. Yeah, yeah. That's probably all I need to hear, really. I mean, no point going through the teams. It's probably going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Reese has just had Aaron Hall out. He was in his team. Um, and I've got no outs and a pretty strong team. So, uh, yeah, confident. But uh, we'll have to see what happens there. Um, I think uh, Reese is putting a lot of emotion into this one as well. He's been knocked out of Classic in recent weeks. And... The Blues get knocked out this weekend and he loses draft. We might not hear about him. He might lose. He might leave all groups. Um, so we might not hear from him for a few weeks. He might go AWOL. Um, so we'll have to try yeah, and I check mean, on he, him. Uh, you can try and check on him. But yeah, he's essentially done that already. So maybe he knows what's coming. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, he does work in. We think that he's, he's a spy. So he might be able to see the future or know that we're all part of the matrix and he sees the next steps anyway. Um and he knows he's going to lose in draft and he knows Carlton's going to get knocked out of finals. So yeah, bit of a watch. Sees the writing on the wall. All right. To finish off with, we've just got three questions here all sent in by Reese, actually. Um, so let's just smash these questions out and then we'll be done for the year. So Reese here would like to ask who does the pod see as the big mover up or down next season? And I think he's talking about in our Supercoach classic league um, with this. So I think personally for me, I see Chanta can't sit on the bottom next season. So I'd say he'd be the big mover up. Um, down, that's a bit more of a tough one. Whether Joel can keep his keep his work rate up at the top and push further. I think he can. Um, so I don't know who the big mover down would be. Maybe Butcher. Maybe Butcher will resume his normal place back down in eighth or ninth. What do you think, Chanta? Oh, Bailey will be the one that, that really moves down. <laughs> He'll go back to... Um, well, I already I, finished I an eighth spot. Can't move too much yeah. well. Well, this is the thing. So I was going to say my big mover up is Joel because Joel hasn't played in a grand final yet or obviously won a grand final. I actually, I'd tip him to be top two uh, playing off in the grand final next year. Um, so he's oh, my big, big mover up. Yeah. Um, the other one, there, there is a watch on... Uh, and it, it's not really movement based, but I think obviously it would be a disappointment, Kalen, if you finish seventh again. Um, but I think it's possible if you don't um, take a bit more care as to who actually is in the league these days and how competitive it is. Fair, fair. We'll take that. And yeah, I would be disappointed if I finished in seventh again. It was hard enough finishing there this year. 
Um, next question from Reese is, will Shagger let loose with a DOS-style video monologue if he takes out the Premiership? And uh, I don't think that's really in Shagger's nature, but who knows, if you've got a few beers into him, if he was on a Sunday, you know, watching the Collingwood Carlton game, which he will be, getting a few beers into him, and then he sees that he's won, he might might be a chance for a video monologue. What do you reckon, Chancellor? Yeah, so will you be with him on Sunday? Uh, possibly. Uh, well, I, I haven't timed training. Well, actually, I actually set training to be on 2 p.m. on Sunday. So I'm going to have to be there actually doing, well, it's Lofty Cup. So I'll be working in between games for sure. Um, so yeah, not ideal timing really. And Shag, I don't know, he probably will give it a miss and I wouldn't blame him. So he'll probably be watching it at home or something. But the thing is, if he wins uh, and the Pies win, he'll be coming in real hot after training's finished or Lofty Cup's finished. So I think you could duck down to, you know, wherever you guys are watching it these days um, and catch him. And I, I reckon, yeah, as long as you film it, I reckon we could get a, a DOS-style monologue from Shagger. Yeah, try to make it happen. All right, and last question from Reese is, what was the best and worst trade calls for the season? That's uh, a tough one. I can't remember all. I mean, worst, the first thing that comes to mind is a few of DOS's trades. Um, yeah, I mean, I, Zerk yeah. Thatcher is definitely up there. Yep. Any others come yep. to mind for you? Um, I've, wasn't there something to do with timing uh, and Sherry from North Melbourne? Or it was a, one of uh, DOS's ruck calls or like ruck forward calls had something to do with timing where he got them in and they immediately got injured. And then when they came back, they were no good. And he, and he held the injured player for a long time. I could yeah, probably just be making hold, this up, but it was, it was he something did hold like Cherry that. for a long time. Yeah. I remember that. I'd say um, just about any of yeah. Doss's trades could be the worst ones, <laughs> but the yeah, best trades, yeah. best trades. I don't know. I mean, Harry Himmelberg was a good trade. I think Joel brought him mm. in. It was a bit of a bit risky. Didn't know if he yep. would keep that up, but he has. Um, yeah, that, that'd have to be the best. I think Prestia um, by Dosk, like conversely, he's had the worst trades of the year, but, but Prestia is not too far off in terms of having a unique. Um, I mean, it's not hard to bring in players that everybody's got, whereas um, Dosk went out on a limb and it worked on that occasion. Yeah, that's true. Very fair there. Um, and maybe the other one is just Laird bringing him in at the right time. I think Reese brought him in. I mean, he actually brought him in. He was actually killing all season, but nobody actually pulled the trigger on him. And he's, I think, the top averaging player, so... And he's a player that probably everyone would have, if he didn't have that broken hand, I think he missed a week or two in the end, didn't he? But he was probably in everyone's team. He was in my team until that happened. But yeah, I'm going to bring in Viris there. I think anyone who had Nick Dacos from the start as well, um, and I assume that was a few, but anyone that started with him um, and obviously held him for as long as possible, like post-buy, um, that's, that was a good call. Yeah, and Brody, another one. I didn't start with him, but I brought him in yeah. and that ended up wasting the trades. So if you started with him, another good choice. All right, that's it for the questions and for this season. So thank you for joining me for this grand final and last pod of 2022, Chanta. Yeah, it was great. Great to be here. Looking forward to next year. Um, I need to take it a little bit more seriously. I think I'll revert back to not targeting one specific player and just play my own game. Yeah, maybe don't get too many uh, Brisbane Lions in your team either. Stay away from Kitty Coleman, maybe, to be safe. And McCluggage. All right. Well, thank you, Chanta, and thank you to all our listeners for this year. We look back to be, we look forward to being back next year, bigger and better. Maybe focusing on Bailey next year. We'll have to work on work on the name. It's a working title. Um, but yeah, we'll talk to you all next year. Have a good season off, a uh, good off season, I should say, and we'll see you all next season. Bye bye for now. <laughs>